Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for your listening pleasure. Making his way to the ring, your host of the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast, here's Pat Dunning. And what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Dunning, and this is the WWE Survivor Series preview and predictions. So I think this goes without saying, unless you've been living under a rock, that this is probably the most lackluster lead into not only a pay-per-view this year, but especially a Survivor Series. I mean, come on. This is a core four pay-per-view. This is supposed to be very important. This is supposed to be about brand supremacy, Raw versus SmackDown. Just think, just think how important this was two years ago in 2019 when NXT invaded Raw and SmackDown. And we had a uh, three-part for the first time uh, brand Survivor Series, Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT and how exciting that was. And here we are just two years later, the bulk of those people that were even on NXT are gone, the Adam Coles, the Keith Lees, et cetera. And here we are, um, hours away from Survivor Series on Sunday, November 21st at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, um, home of one of the best crowds. And I could honestly say that because I've been to a couple of NXT takeovers, what was it, part two and part three in Brooklyn uh, over the summertime. And that was absolutely incredible. So a great, great crowd And here we are with basically no lead, a complete afterthought. They basically uh, had no qualifying matches to get into uh, or or to become a member of the Raw or SmackDown men's or women's team for the five on five traditional matches. I'm going to get into it in just a moment of how they initially put out the list a week and a half, two weeks ago on Twitter and Instagram and then slowly uh, interchanged people from said lists um i don't know if that was the plan from the from the uh get-go or if this was uh something they decided to do because there was a lot of backlash from the fans online but either way it's a complete mess because that's why you do the qualifying matches to uh have legitimacy as to why said man or woman are on the team in the first place and if people don't like it that's just too bad because in the eyes of competition they either won or lost and if you won you're on the team and if you don't like it that's tough but to put five men or five women from either raw or smackdown on there and then to interchange them now whether or not i agreed with who they put in place of said person that was on the initial five i think it's awfully uh disrespectful and out of uh, bad very poor taste to uh pump fake somebody and say hey here's an opportunity oh wait maybe not and then swap them out for somebody else. So that doesn't sit right with me. Not at all. Anywho, we'll get to that in just a moment. But Survivor Series 2021, it looks like we have, as it stands at this very moment, seven matches scheduled for the card. On Friday night on social media, WWE said that they're going to start with a 25-man battle royale 
members of both Raw and SmackDown will take part in this. Those members will be, let's see, we have Ricochet, T-Bar, Mansoor, Cesaro, the Street Profits, the Viking Raiders, R-Truth, Drew Gulak, AJ Styles, Omas, Sami Zayn, Umberto, Angel, Apollo Crews, Commander Aziz, the Alpha Academy, uh, the Hurt Businesses, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, Ziggler and Rude, Jinder Mahal and Shanky rounds out the 25. Pretty sure that's pretty much whoever is remaining in the locker room for this pay-per-view since they've gotten rid of pretty much anybody else uh, that used to be a member of Raw or SmackDown. The only person I don't see on this list of 25 is Mace, uh, formerly of Retribution. And actually, I don't see Ali either. That's that for the 25-man Battle Royale, as they call it, the dual-branded Battle Royale. So uh, we got that. Then, of course, we have the traditional five-on-five Grand Supremacy match, the Raw women's uh, roster versus the SmackDown women's roster, which I will go over each and every member of said roster in just a moment. We have the... Raw men's roster going up against the SmackDown men's roster. Another five-on-five match, of course. Then we have United States champion representing Raw, Damian Priest, going up against Intercontinental champion representing SmackDown, Shinsuke Nakamura. Then we have RK-Bro, which is Randy Orton and Matt Riddle, the Raw tag team champions, going up against the SmackDown tag team champions, the Bloodlines Usos. We have which I have to admit I am looking forward to the most out of this whole pay-per-view, even though the build has been terrible. Um, again, for this for this whole pay-per-view, it was pretty much thrown together like, all right, people are going to watch it anyway, which partially true, but give us some, uh, some suspense, some anticipation, if you will. But one thing that has been suspenseful, uh, no thanks to WWE, really, is Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch going up against SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair, who has... Uh, been brewing up quite the feud in the past month, ever since their title exchange, where, of course, Char- uh, Charlotte was the Raw Women's Champion, Becky was the SmackDown Women's Champion, and on SmackDown about four or five weeks ago, they exchanged titles. That seemed to go incredibly bad, uh, went very, very wrong, and there's been controversy ever since, uh, pretty much showing their real-life issues uh, coming to uh, right to us, uh, visibly on WWE television, former best friends, no longer... Uh, they are frenemies, if you will. And uh, this should definitely be a battle. Definitely looking towards this match the most due to their personal reasons, not because of, uh, again, necessarily storyline because of WWE, but because of everything else. And last but certainly not least, another match I am really anticipating, um, even though we know Roman Reigns will likely take it, is uh, WWE champion Big E going up against the Universal Champion uh, of SmackDown the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns. So those are the seven matches, as far as I recall. Uh, those are the only ones that are scheduled that are taking place this Sunday in Brooklyn, New York. And um, let's hear some predictions, shall we? So if I had to pick a winner for this uh, 25-man battle royale, I haven't had a whole heck of a lot of time to go over uh, the possibilities of who could win this nor do I really care because I don't think there's a big payoff in this. Um, but if I had to pick one person to win it, 
in all sincerity, I could see a Sami Zayn. I'm going to have to go with Sami Zayn to win this 25-man dual-branded battle royale. Uh, was leaning towards potentially maybe a Ricochet or Cesaro, but I do think we're going to get a heel winning this, and I am standing firm in my choice of Sami Zayn as the winner for that. That takes me down to the Raw women versus the SmackDown women's roster in the traditional five-on-five match. Now, here, let me start to uh, elaborate on this this whole mess. Uh, Getting back to initially putting out a roster of five women representing each brand, then going back on that and so on and so forth. So as far as I recall, they kept, I feel like the out of the four teams, the Raw men's, women's, and SmackDown men's and women's, the only group that hasn't been touched um, or tampered with in any capacity was the Raw women's roster. And I'm okay with it for the most part. We have uh, Captain Bianca Belair, one half of the women's tag team champions, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella, and Queen Zelina. Now I'm all right with this. This is definitely a solid group. Um, in a prior episode or two, I had mentioned that if you're going to put in a Rhea Ripley as a tag team champion, then I think you should put in Nikki A.S.H. Because uh, you're even if we think that is true or not, how are you only going to put in one half of the women's tag team champions to solidify their legitimacy as a tag team and a force to be reckoned with? I think you should have put Nikki Ash uh, in place of the only two people I would definitely keep is Bianca and Rhea, by the way. So Liv, Carmella, and Selena are all interchangeable in my opinion. But if you put a Nikki A.S.H. in there, I would have been all for that. And of course, as I mentioned in the WWE re- uh, releases episode, which I all, um, which I would like for all of you to go check out right now, um, that is the prior episode to this, where I went over the eight most recent releases in WWE this past Thursday, November 18th. I would have loved to see a Tegan Knox representing Team Raw as well. We didn't get to see her at all for her five or six weeks that she was technically a member of the roster. Didn't see her at all, and that was concerning. And well, now I see why they had no plans for her at all. Um, so yeah, I would love to see a Nick, Nikki A.S.H. or a Tegan Knox, but that's completely uh, impossible. So we're going with Bianca, Rhea, Liv, Carmella, and Queen Zelina. Now they are going up against the boss, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, Natalia, and initially it was supposed to be Aaliyah. Now I will say that I did not agree with Aaliyah being in this top five. Uh, in my opinion, I would have kept Sasha, Shayna, and Shotzi, and I actually would have uh, taken out Natalia and Aaliyah. Now, for two different reasons. Natalia is great, and she seems to find her way in everything, and I'm, I'm not opposed to that. She's an incredibly consistent, good wrestler, no doubt about it. But I would have liked to see a Naomi in place of Natalia, and I would have liked to see uh, Tony Storm in place of Aaliyah. So which we're about to get to. So as it stands at this very moment, <laughs> the way they've been changing things, I don't want to look like I was wrong. So at this moment, as I record this podcast, it's Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, Natalia, and in place of Aaliyah is Tony Storm. Now, initially, that's who I wanted to see. Again, in, in place of Aaliyah was Tony Storm. And after Aaliyah, Sasha, and um, Naomi won their ta- their uh, six-woman tag match last week on SmackDown, they were all excited going back there, and Sonya told Aaliyah that uh, she was taking her off of the SmackDown women's team for whatever reasons, and they replaced her with Tony Storm. Now, technically, I'm okay with Tony Storm being a member of the, the SmackDown women's team. I think it's a great addition. I think that's what should have been uh, – she should have been selected from the very beginning. 
But uh, to pull Aaliyah off, I don't know. They, they could chalk it up to the whole Sonya heel uh, commissioner storyline, just like she has problems with Naomi and Aaliyah and even Sasha. Oh, Sonya has problems with all the faces on SmackDown, essentially. So they could chalk it up to that. If that's leading to something, then so be it. But uh, I don't know. The way they've been dragging out Sonya and Naomi for the better part of two months, I really don't have faith in what they're doing there. So anyway, that was that. Now, if I got to pick a team to win this, uh, boy, this is this is a good matchup. This really is. Now, it, it comes down to Bianca, Rhea, Liv, Carmella, Queen, Selena versus Sasha, Shayna, Shotzi, Natalia, and Tony. Oh, man. Um, you know, putting Tony Storm in place of Aaliyah really made me lean towards the side of SmackDown that much more. I initially was going to go with uh, Raw, but that being said, I think... I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Team SmackDown on this for the for the women's five on five. I am going to go with SmackDown for the win. So heading over to the men's five on five, we got the Raw men's roster versus SmackDown men's roster. Again, you know we initially had a roster for Raw that included Captain Seth Rollins, Finn Balor. Kevin Owens, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. Now that since has changed, and there was a qualifying match a couple weeks ago on Raw. After this was announced, um, Adam Pearce said, Dominic, if you could beat Bobby Lashley, you know, you would stay on. But if Lashley beats you, then Lashley goes goes in place of you, which seemed very ass backwards to me. Um, Bobby Lashley has to beat a, a former WWE champion, by the way, for the first half of uh 2021 has to qualify for the men's uh, for the raw men's uh, five on five survivor series team to go up against Dominic Mysterio. doesn't make much sense. So anyway, long story short, Lashley wins that. So he, he replaces Dominic, which not only should he have been on this team from the jump, but he probably should, should have been the captain in all sincerity. Seth Rollins was on raw for a cup of coffee and he is made the raw captain, which is uh, truly absurd because all five of these men initially came over from SmackDown, Seth, Finn, KO, and the Mysterios, yet Lashley has held down the fort, not only on Raw, but as champion for years, and he had to qualify against Dominic. Anywho, moving forward there, um, Rey Mysterio also was replaced by Austin Theory. So the Mysterios are completely out. Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley in. Stay with me here. So that Raw is taken care of. And on the SmackDown side of things, we had Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, uh, Xavier Woods, or King Woods, excuse me, Sami Zayn, Happy Corbin, and uh, Madcap Moss, Riddick Moss, whatever you want to call them, uh, ringside. So the only change they made on this, uh, the most recent change, actually, of all the rosters, they swapped out um, Sami Zayn. So in place of Sami Zayn on the SmackDown men's uh, Survivor Series 5-on-5 team is Sheamus. Most recent episode of SmackDown, they had a fatal four-way, and whoever was to win that match would then qualify as the fifth and final member of the SmackDown men's roster. That was between Ricochet, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Jinder Mahal, where we saw Sheamus get the win, thanks to the help of his buddy old pal, Ridge Holland, uh, helping him secure that victory, distracting Cesaro and company, and uh, so that's that. So now that we have our final team squared away, Raw, we have Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory going up against SmackDown's Drew McIntyre, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Sheamus, and Baron Corbin, or Happy Corbin. Um, I still 
as I initially was going to go with um, in the first place, I got to go with Team Raw. Definitely got to go with Team Raw. Uh, big upgrade when you put Sheamus in place of Sami Zayn. And that's no knock to Sami Zayn. But I, again, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, uh, with Sami Zayn out of the uh, SmackDown men's team and going into the Battle Royale, I do think Sami will then uh, at least win that for what it's worth. And yeah, I, I see this being one hell of a fight. I mean, you got uh, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus on one team. That's enough. Uh, that is it more than enough, those two going up against five. And then you got the help of Woods, Hardy, and Corbin. But again, I think when you got a Bobby Lashley, a young up-and-coming Austin Theory, and then you got veteran leadership uh, as well with Rollins, Balor, and Kevin Owens, three former Universal Champions, I think that they're going to get the job done here. So Team Raw is who I'm going with. Now in this next matchup, we have the United States Champion again, representing Raw, Damian Priest, going up against SmackDown's Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion, maybe with his sidekick with the guitar, Rick Boogs. Yeah, I do think that uh, Damian Priest is going to win this. I think this is going to be a hell of a matchup. Personally, I would like to see Nakamura go over on this. I really would like to see Nakamura win this, but I really think that uh, they're going to continue to give Priest momentum and build them up. They brought him back a few weeks ago after a short hiatus. They got him coming off a little bit more of a heel now. He's got that split personality thing going on with the new theme music, and you see uh, even the graphic when he comes out. It's split down the middle, half white, half black type of deal, where he comes off as a nice guy until he's triggered, and then he just goes completely ballistic. So I, I think they, it's we're going to continue to see that side of Damian Priest, and I think Damian Priest gets the job uh, done. So, so raw for the win. So if we're going back to the first four matches here, Sami Zayn winning initially, then I have the SmackDown women, the Raw men, and then of course uh, Damian Priest representing Raw uh, as the U.S. champion winning. That would make this uh, two to two. So Raw has two wins, SmackDown has two wins, and that takes us to. Match five of the night where we have the Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro, Orton and Riddle going up against the Bloodlines, Usos, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. And this is going to be one hell of a matchup. It's going to be one hell of a fight. Um, you know, personally, I, I find it very hard to believe that the Usos are going to lose. I think the Usos are certainly going to get the job done. Uh, so there's a win for SmackDown there. I think this slowly and continuously leads to the slow burn tension of uh, Randy Orton and Riddle having problems, eventually dropping those titles and eventually having a match. Now, I don't know if WWE is capable of stringing out this feud for, I don't know, the better part of four months or so, four plus months. I'd love to see uh, RK Pro have a match on the grandest stage of them all. Uh, see if they could drag that feud out for four or five months. I'd love to see Riddle versus Orton at WrestleMania. 38, but I don't know if they're capable of doing such. I really don't have faith in WWE uh, to do such a good job. They'll probably have a match earlier in the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a match at uh, their January pay-per-view day one. But yeah, this is just going to continue to lead to more friction for uh, Orton and Riddle in this loss to the Usos. And we're going to see that on daily programming on Raw. So Usos for the win. SmackDown 3, Raw 2. This leads me to my favorite match of the night. Uh, Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch going up against the SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. This is going to be everything and then some. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of real life things 
come to the surface here. I really do. Um, I think Becky Lynch gets the job done, which is only going to lead to uh, a more interesting, more interesting television regarding how Charlotte Flair really feels about Becky Lynch, how Charlotte Flair really feels about WWE as a whole, you know, uh, getting basically getting rid of Andrade, her fiance last year and Rick, her dad, Rick Flair earlier this year. And there's not a whole hell of a lot for Charlotte to uh, love about WWE these days. Apparently she's really uh, cornered herself off to the rest of the locker room. Um, you know, so nobody's really uh, feeling Charlotte Flair these days and vice versa. So I got to go with Becky Lynch getting the job done here, um, which if this is the case, it would be incredibly interesting because uh, I know in past Survivor Series, especially with the brand split, it's been pretty lopsided. Uh, usually it's almost a, cl a clean sweep in the past several years, but this would give Raw three wins. This would give SmackDown three wins leading into the seventh and final matchup where we would have WWE champion Big E going up against the universal champion, uh, Roman Reigns. Now, I do think this will be a great match. I think it's going to be a very enjoyable match when all is said and done, even though at this event, no titles are on the line, of course, representing each brand. Um, I do think, as most would believe to be so, that Roman Reigns gets the job done gets the victory over Big E in some capacity, even if he doesn't win clean, even if there is interruptions by the Usos. I'm sure we'll see the Usos and the New Day uh, going back and forth ringside, uh, possible interference even, maybe even by Paul Heyman. And Roman Reigns gets the job done, gets the victory, uh, solidifies his greatness, the champion of champions, as he did last year, I believe, against what Drew McIntyre was it? And yeah, that would give SmackDown four wins, Raw three, and SmackDown... Uh, takes the cake here at Survivor Series. So I think we're looking at a great pay-per-view on paper. Um, again, I have no problem with the matches on paper. I think that's awesome. But uh, would I be wrong? Would any of us, not even just WWE fans, but would any of us professional wrestling fans be wrong if uh, we asked for a little bit better of a build leading into one of your top pay-per-views of the year? Uh, cramming stuff in the last couple of weeks on social media or on your regularly scheduled programming, uh, your go-home episode, throwing out Big E at the end to, to, to fight with Roman, throw him in the steps. That's great and all, but it shows that it's complete afterthought. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll save that for the last week or two, and we'll get that out there. They couldn't have did that uh, immediately. You know, after Crown Jewel, this should have been their primary focus. They shouldn't have worried about who Big E is going to feud with, uh, Seth Rollins or an Owens uh, they shouldn't worry about who Roman Reigns may feud with next, whether it's a Drew McIntyre or whomever. You could get to that. You have all of December. You have no pay-per-views in December. They specifically canceled TLC, I believe. All of that was scrapped just so they could solely focus on day one, January the 1st. Brand new pay-per-view, and I'm completely okay with that. But if you have an entire month to worry about starting up new feuds after Survivor Series or rekindling stuff with no pay-per-view in December, why did you wait so long? to uh, roll out the Survivor Series plans because there was no effort put into it. Let's face it. Again, on paper, it looks great, but we want to see the continuous action. We want to see the segments. We want to see the promos. We want to see the matches. We want to see the qualifying matches. We don't want to see who people are penciling in backstage and, and boosting out on social media, Twitter and Instagram and so on and so forth. We want to see people go out there and get it done or not. And better luck next time. 
So, you know, that's that's been the general consensus. That's been everybody's feel. I know certainly my feel. Uh, hell, we're here because we're fans of pro wrestling. We like good television. And again, even if it's not in ring work, we want to see people on the mic or backstage segments or altercations. We want to see. So um, pay-per-view should be solid, really. It, it, I don't have any issues with any of these matchups. I think the, the six main matches are going to be great. The Battle Royale could take it or leave it. I think that will be the only blah match of the night. I don't, I don't think anybody really cares about that because that's just, you know, and I, and I appreciate them using the talent, anybody that's not booked that night, for what it's worth. But that match is not really uh, a big deal at all, obviously. But the six other matches, uh, I am looking forward to. And again, like I said, Becky versus Charlotte, uh, most looking forward to that. And then, of course, Big E, Roman should be good. And looking forward to Damian Priest and Shinsuke. They should put on one hell of a matchup, too. So that is my WWE Survivor Series preview and predictions. Hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoy the pay-per-view. Again, it should be great. I know it's been a very lackluster build. Um, I think we could all agree on that. But uh, nonetheless, I think the show should deliver. And we'll see what happens as this looks to be the final pay-per-view of 2021 for WWE. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for tuning in to yet again another episode of the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. I am your host, Pat Deneen, and I'll see you next time. Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X, at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.